welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast. I am your host, Cody McBroom, the CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world-renowned online coaching company. This podcast is built to help you create a life by design. That's what the Tailored Life is. It's choosing to blaze your own path, make your own decisions, and create a life you desire. So in this podcast, you're going to learn ways to optimize your body, optimize your mind, optimize your relationships and optimize your business and career this is the podcast for personal development junkies and people who can't stop growing because they strive for more we are also going to bring on experts in every single field to teach you their own expertise so you're not only learning from me four days a week but I'm bringing other professionals in to teach you their principles too so if you love personal development and you constantly want to strive for more in life this is the podcast for you. Make sure you hit subscribe, send this to a friend that needs it, and keep listening to improve your life all around. And without any further ado, let's get into the Tailored Life Podcast. Happy Monday, everybody. Today is going to be a Monday Motivation Podcast. I'm thinking I might do these every other week. That way we can balance these and the educational content out together because, you know, I do love doing what we call, uh, we as in Travis and I, call topic podcasts. So last week was uh, the AB uh, podcast, I believe, and that's a topic, right? I, I choose one topic, like core training, AB training, whatever it was, and I just dive deep into it. So that was like the hierarchy. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. If you want abs, which I think all of us do, you should probably go listen to that episode. Um, and then the weeks in between, maybe I'll do Monday Motivation. That way we are constantly getting kind of a blend of both, right? So Today, I want to talk about New Year's resolutions, right? It's, it's January 18th, uh, which means 19th is tomorrow, and 19th is National Quitters Day. And I know most people don't know about this holiday, but um, it was uh, named this after a study about 2019 came out, so this is pretty fresh, but the study of eight 100 million activities predicts most New Year's resolutions will be abandoned on January 19th. So by Tuesday the 19th, most likely people are going to be abandoning their resolutions. And this is based off of 800 million activities, meaning that we they tracked or looked or considered 800 individual New Year's resolutions created for the new year in 2019. And uh, a, a vast majority of them quit by January 19th. And I think if, if they kept going on this study and they rabbled it longer and they, they had like benchmarks of, you know, 50% dropped off by January 19th, another 25 by March 30th and another 10 by April, whatever, you know what I mean? Um, I, I'm sure that we would see a trickle effect in, in out of that 800 million, I mean, I would say 10% getting to their New Year's resolution is probably a big one. Um, it, it would be a big estimate. Now, I think there's a few problems with New Year's resolutions that causes this to happen. But the main thing I wanted to, to do today is, is, number one, give you some some action steps in order to make sure that you make it past tomorrow. You make it past January 19th. Um, or if you're going back and listening to this and it's February 23rd by the time you're listening to this, like reflecting back and going, Either A, am I still doing my news resolutions? Cool, let's keep going. This is a reminder. Or, or B, maybe you're, you're starting to fade away. Like you've been at it for two months now almost and it's starting to get hard, but this is your reminder to get back in the game. Or maybe you fell off. Maybe this is February 23rd and you're like, fuck, I haven't done shit for a month. 
regarding my New Year's resolutions. I need to get back on it because guess what? There's still, what is that, 10 months left in the year? So you fucked up for one month, big deal. Get back on the horse, ride it out through the rest of the year because you know you can't. All right, so this could be a reminder for some. It could be a warning for others who haven't fallen off yet. But the point being is I want to talk about a few things. Number one, I want to share that 800 million uh, people in this study, it shows that people fall off on January 19th and they coined January 19th as National Quitters Day, which just sounds insane. But I read an article on it and it was super fascinating. And it triggered me to, to bring that up to you so that you could snap out of it and get back to grinding towards your goals. Uh, and also share some practical takeaways that might help you grind towards those goals and never fall off because you might not be setting your goals properly. But I also want to share a quick story because it reminded me of a conversation I had this past weekend. So this past weekend, Travis and I went on a snowboarding trip and uh, we, were, we were heading up the mountain. And if, if, if you're listening to this and you personally know Travis, you know Travis is, he's, he's a huge idea guy right? And he's going to laugh when, when he hears this, but this man has 1,500 reminders on his phone and computer. And 1,500 might be an exaggeration, but I would say 100 to 150 is not an exaggeration. Like, I mean, literally just reminder after reminder after reminder after reminder, notes everywhere. If he thinks of something, he puts it down and he waits until he can have a discussion about it. And so we get on, we get in the car and we're like, all right, let's, let's hit the mountain. You know, we got an hour, hour and a half drive to get up to this mountain. Um, we're going to have a few beers. We're going to snowboard all day. And then we're going to crash this condo up on the mountain, head back in the morning. So we're driving up and he was starting to talk and he said, I got one more thing to say. And then he stopped and he goes, actually, no, I have so much shit to stay, say. I'm probably not going to stop talking this whole trip. And I just started cracking. I was hilarious, but I was stoked because he was so amped up to talk about what he wanted to talk about. And we're going on and on and on about coaching and about the business and about our content and about the team and, and just sharing ideas, you know, and, and he, he's a very, he, he's an integrator for me. He's an implementer. So when I have big visions or ideas, he's, he's one of the people that really is, you know, on the front line, helping me bring it to reality and bring it to the people, bring it to the followers, bring it to the audience, bring it to the clients, the members, all that kind of stuff. So part of it is him running his ideas by me and part of it is him being a soundboard for me to talk, vent, create, think out loud, you know, do those kind of things. And it's, and it's a super productive relationship, super, it's really fulfilling, but he stopped and he said something to me that was extremely profound. I actually posted about it the other day and he said, man, I haven't felt this way about Mondays in my entire life. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, dude. I get so excited for Monday. I used to be so excited for the weekend and all my friends are usually most excited for the weekend, but I am so fired up to go into work on Monday. It's crazy. And I just like kind of stopped and looked and I was like, man, that's how it fucking should be. And he said, I don't feel like I have a job. I don't feel like I work for somebody. I feel like I'm a part of something bigger than me. I feel like I'm building or creating something. Right. And, and that's that statement right there. I feel like I'm a part of something bigger than me. I feel like I'm building something with you, not working for you. That number one made me feel like a leader, not a boss. But it, it gave me so much fulfillment because this is my best friend who is now a full time employee of mine saying this to me. Right. And, and it created a sense of motivation in me that was just insane. 
And there's obviously a lot of lessons from that, right? If you do something with care, if you do something with passion, if you do something with people you love, all those kind of things, it will blossom. It'll be more meaningful. And it's, it's ultimately, it's not about the end result. It's about the process. I think that's the biggest thing. And, and that directly relates to this whole talk about New Year's resolutions. If you are so focused on the end result, you are very unlikely to be one of the small percentage of people who reaches their New Year's, end, uh, New Year's uh, resolution, uh, New Year's Eve resolution or whatever it is, right? You're, you're less likely. If you focus on the process, if you love the journey and you are less focused on the outcome, you are process-oriented, not outcome-oriented, you will hit that goal because it's not the goal that defines you. It's the pursuit that defines you. Think about that for a sec. It's not the goal or the outcome that defines you, but the process and the pursuit and the chase and the journey that defines you. That journey, that process, that pursuit, that is what creates fulfillment. That's what creates motivation. That's what creates sustainability. That's what creates happiness. That's what creates the feeling of success. One of, one of the, the, there's a high population of individuals committing suicide that are extremely successful and or privileged. Why is that? It's because they have no drive. They have no pursuit. They have no thing that they are chasing constantly. Every single day I wake up and I have a mission. I'm busy. It's kind of chaotic, but I love it and I thrive on it. And I have purpose behind what I'm doing. I have a reason why. And the ante just keeps getting higher and higher and higher. Right? The ending destination keeps getting further and further and further. And I don't care. It doesn't stress me out. It doesn't create anxiety. Why? Because I'm not focused on where I land. I'm focused on flying. Right? And I think that's really, really important when we consider New Year's resolutions. But as we're having this conversation, it also brought up a completely separate topic about just how long this shit took. Because one of my responses to him was like, man, sometimes I sit back and I think, like, I would have, if you would have told me, Five years ago, 10 years ago, man, you're going to hire your best friend and he's going to help you with content. You're going to have a team. You know, you're going to be helping people all around the world. You're going to be able to do all these things. I would have been, I just laughed. I would have been like, dude, you're crazy. That's an insane end result. That's crazy. Nah, there's no way. There's no way I, I could, I'm just a, I'm a normal dude who lives in a small town, right? Likes to lift <laughs> and eat. <laughs> like that's my thing. But I was so focused on the process that I got better at what I was doing constantly. I was so focused on the pursuit that I got to network and meet and experience things with new people every single week, every single month, every single year. I was so focused on chasing the dream of really just being the best coach possible, being one of the best coaches in the industry. That was my goal. That was my focus. How can I be the best coach? Not for people who follow me on Instagram, but for my clients so they get unreal results. And my clients keep getting better and better. How can I become that person? And that pursuit led to more success. It led to people following. It led to an audience. It led to more clients. It led to building a team. It led to being able to step into the position of being a leader. And see, we sat back and we're like, man, a decade later, a decade in the works, really. Tailored coaching method hasn't been a business for 10 years, but I started coaching 10 years ago. I was 18 years old when I started coaching people. Granted, I was coaching people for free, but at the time, it didn't matter. If I was coaching, I was coaching, and that's all I cared about, and I was studying, and I was learning. I mean, years of grinding, years of waking up early, years of training, years of dieting on and off, years of giving away shit for free, whether that's coaching or consultation calls or, or seminars or anything, anything I could, 
years of, of studying and education, years of naysayers, people telling me, no, you can't do that. It's highly unlikely. Years of doubting myself and pushing through fear and scarcity and judgment of myself and judgment of others. Years and years and years of pursuing the same exact thing. And every day I was motivated. Why? Because I was focused on the pursuit, not on the outcome. I didn't know where I would land when I was 28 and I didn't give a shit. I wasn't thinking about my 401k or how much would be in my savings or how many people would be following me or who would know my name. I was focused on being a great fucking coach. That was the pursuit. And when Travis came along, it was like, how can we display this in video, audio, picture format? So people can learn, A, how to be a better coach, and B, what good coaching looks like. Because for the everyday person, it's hard to vet coaches. It's hard to read that in people. You don't know better. You didn't study this. You didn't go to school for this. You didn't get certification after certification after certification like I did. So why should you know how to define or identify a great coach? Normally, you shouldn't. But I create this podcast, I create these videos, and Travis helps me put out this content so we can teach you how to define that perfect coach for you. And ultimately, that little story and that little rant kind of leads to two major lessons, right? Number one, things that are worth loving, things that are amazing, things that are truly fulfilling or gratifying, they don't happen overnight. You know, Rome wasn't built overnight, like that whole thing. It's so fucking true. Nothing great was built overnight. Nothing meaningful was great overnight. There's a really good book by Ryan Holiday that I'm, I'm like halfway through right now, the audiobook. I would highly recommend it to anybody who is uh, a creative individual called Perennial Seller. And it talks about how to create a perennial seller, which a perennial, pre, a it's a hard word to say, <laughs> seller is, is something that, it's Star Wars, right? It doesn't matter how many years ago that was filmed, how horrible the, the graphics <laughs> were or are, back then they were the shit, that it doesn't matter, right? Even there's, there's people that were born in 1998 that still watch the old Star Wars and they're like, yeah, fuck yeah, Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, I love it. It's so good. Why? <laughs> it's, it looks horrible compared to the movies that are coming out in your generation. Well, it's because it's a perennial seller. It's one of a kind. It's an amazing movie. It's an amazing storyline. That's a perennial seller, right? Iron Maiden has more downloads, concerts, tickets sold, all that kind of stuff on Spotify, everything, than some of the top billboard rock bands in history. Why? They're a perennial seller, right? there's, There's certain things that make things last forever, and if we look back at all these perennial sellers that are, are used as examples in that book, like these, these bands, these actors, these movies, these books, these, these products, these, these, there's some clothing brands even that have stood the test of time. They've been around for decades and decades and decades and decades being successful. In fact, Star Wars makes more money now than it ever has in the past. Why? Because it was a perennial seller. It gets better with age. It's like wine, right? How does that happen? I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But I can tell you one thing, it does not happen quickly. Those perennial sellers and creative outlets, they were built over time. They were built with time, effort, hard work, grinding. It took a long time to develop those things, period. Right? That's lesson number one. Things are not built overnight. And the second lesson I already mentioned was focus on the process, not the outcome. You have to be process-oriented, 
not outcome oriented. If you are so focused on the end result, the end result will create a level of ego and frustration that you cannot contain or sustain or manage. And you will fall apart. You won't reach the end goal. But if you're focused on the process, you stay humble, you keep hustling, and you're passionate. Because that's what it's about. It's the pursuit. Phil, uh, what's his name? Phil Heath? I believe that's his name. I can't believe I forget his name. He's from Seattle. Uh, Mr. Olympia until this year because, not Ronnie, what is his name? I can't remember any of the bodybuilders' names now, but uh, he is is no more. Uh, But yeah, Phil Heath uh, was, not anymore. He's not the uh, Olympia champion anymore, but he was seven-time Mr. Olympia champion. Um, Phil Heath has a line in Generation Iron, the documentary uh, that's like developed after like uh, pumping iron and all that stuff amazing documentary if you haven't seen pumping iron and you're a trainer what are you doing but generation iron is like a new age one if you haven't seen that i totally understand but it's a good one but he says something where he goes i think for me the motivation is chasing the perfect physique because i know i'll never obtain a perfect physique it's impossible but it's the pursuit in getting the perfect physique that keeps me going and he said that and i was like man that's it that's mastery Mastery isn't literally mastering a subject or a topic. Why? Because any master, quote unquote, or person you perceive as a master, they will sit back and go, no, I haven't mastered shit. I'm still working at it. It's the pursuit of becoming a master that develops mastery. And it develops happiness, passion, purpose, meaning, drive, success, results. You have to be process-oriented, not outcome-oriented. That's how you're going to get to your end goal. And that's speaking of New Year's resolution, that's the first thing. You have to be process-oriented. So it's not about the end result. It's about what you are doing consistently throughout the year to get to blank destination, which is the first takeaway point. When you look back at your New Year's resolution, if you're still following it, was it or is it measurable? A lot of people I work with when we're setting goals, I do this with my mentor clients um, and I also do this with some nutrition and training clients that work with me. I'm like, hey, like at the end of the day, health isn't just about your body. Health isn't just about the gym. Health isn't just about what you eat. Health is about your mind. It's about your heart. It's about your soul. It's about life. It's about everything, your environment. So let's chase health in multiple areas. Like let's set a personal development goal, right? And I have that. I hear this all the time. All right. Uh, personal development goal. I want to be more confident. Okay. That's fucking great. I love that. I want you to be more confident. How can you measure that at the end of 90 days, at the end of the year, at the end of six months, whatever your time frame is, New Year's resolution, let's say by the end of the year in December, 2021, how are you going to be able to sit back and determine like, yep, I am more confident. You can't, it's not a measurable outcome. So you have to set up measurable goals that would perceive you as confident. So maybe maybe your measurable goal is actually to get on a improv stage, right? Maybe your, your measurable goal is to film a Facebook live video um, on your the public page once a week by the end of the year. So maybe you start with just filming videos and then posting them. Then you do lives in a group. Right. And then you do lives in uh, like a group thread and then you do lives in a big Facebook group. And then eventually you do Instagram lives and then you do because they go away after 24 hours. And then eventually you're doing Facebook lives that never disappear over and over again. Um, but point being is that's a measurable goal. If you did improv, if 
you did these Facebook lives, if you got in front of people and you were shameless with it and you just got out there and did it, that would elude some confidence in yourself, right? Maybe you, you're single and you want to ask that girl on a date that you've been seeing at the gym over and over again and you guys look at each other and maybe you spotted her once and you're feeling kind of good about it, but you're too nervous to say something because you're not confident. <laughs> I don't know why I'm talking like this. Point being, maybe your measurable goal for building confidence is asking that girl on a date. Why not? Maybe it's starting a fucking business because you don't have the confidence to do that. What is the measurable goal? That's the point. The measurable goal has to be set. Number one, you can't even detail out a process to be process-oriented if there isn't an end goal, right? So that's, that's something that we have to consider too. Yes, you shouldn't be outcome-oriented, right? My goal is not to be able to label myself as confident. There's no like, I'm focused on the pursuit of that, right? But to follow a pursuit, you do have to have kind of like a North Star. So I don't want you guys to take the process-oriented thing too hard and go, oh shit, I shouldn't even set a goal, right? No, we're still setting goals. But in order to actually achieve those goals, you have to be more focused on the process than the goal itself. The second actionable takeaway is piggybacking off current habits. So maybe, let's see, maybe uh, your goal is to lose 20 pounds and you already have a goal of going to the gym, but your nutrition habits are garbage. So how can you piggyback off that normal gym routine to fix your nutrition habits. Well, maybe you start with a post-workout shake. So, hey, I'm going to go to the gym. Every time I leave the gym, I'm going to have a shake in my, my car waiting for me. That's going to trigger me to feel good about myself. It's going to trigger muscle protein synthesis. I might build some more muscle. It's going to fill some of my calories with protein, which might help me lose some more fat. And it's ultimately creating a mindset of health, right? I'm focused on nutrition at that point. It's, it's a placebo effect to an extent. But when I drink, and this is why... I personally, people ask me about green drink. They're like, oh, are green drinks like super good for you? And I'm like, I mean, they're good for you. Don't get me wrong. They got tons of nutrients in it. It's not why I drink it. Like, what do you mean? I was like, I take a multivitamin. Legion, you can click the link in the description. Legion has the best multivitamin on the market. I take that. I'm good. I don't need a green drink. I eat my vegetables every day. Well, why do you do it? Well, it's because it's a placebo effect. It's a mindset thing. I wake up in the morning and I chug a full shaker with greens drink in it that doesn't taste that great, but it's like a mental like, fuck yeah getting those greens in. I'm setting my day up for health. Once I do that, I'm triggering myself to be like, you know what? I'm ready to go. So maybe that's one of the, the piggyback habits. Every morning you drink a big glass of water. You got that locked in. Put a scoop of greens in it. And if I might add, I would put some crystallite in there too or some meal squirt because it does make it taste way better. <laughs> it's easier to manage, right? Maybe you take all your vitamins with a big glass of water. Take all your vitamins with a big green drink. That triggers your mind to be a little bit healthier. Maybe every Sunday you review your workout plan for the week. Why not review your nutrition plan for the week? Make it a part of your routine. You're already setting time aside to work out, look at your workout plan and you do it every Sunday. Now add 10 minutes to that and review your nutrition plan. Create that nutrition plan for the week. You have to piggyback off current habits, right? Maybe, maybe it's something with sleep, right? Maybe you have a routine around sleep. Can you enhance that to get better sleep? Can you do something different to get to bed earlier? What can you do to, to change that, right? Maybe you have a commute and you always listen to music. Can you listen to a nutrition podcast? Something that kind of fuels your motivation, something that fuels your training and nutrition, something like the Tailored Life podcast, for example. <laughs> but the point is, is you're piggybacking off current habits. And this is something that you will find in uh, Atomic Habits as well. 
which is a phenomenal book. Um, highly recommend Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits is great. It, it talks about this. They call it habit stacking. I just called it piggybacking. It doesn't matter. As long as you're stacking habits onto habits, it's easier to develop a new habit if you attach it to an old habit is basically the point. Um, next quick action step is changing your environment. When you look at your New Year's resolutions, when you look at your goal, even when you look at the process of how you're going to get there and you step back, look at your surroundings, the place you train, the places you eat, the places you hang, the per- people you hang out with, the music you listen to, the, the audio books and podcasts you listen to, right? What is in your environment and does your environment support what you are chasing? Does it support your process? And if the answer is no, change your environment, period, period. Simple as that. It's not easy, but it's simple. Sometimes you have to cut people out. Sometimes you have to cut places out. Sometimes you have to stop listening to shit. You need to change your environment and what you consume and what you surround yourself with in order to follow the pursuit, chase the the goal, be aligned with your process, and actually be fulfilled. Get results. It's, it's the only way. And the last thing is is weekly assessments. You can't really achieve anything if you're not consistently stopping, assessing, reflecting, and potentially adjusting. That's why in nutrition coaching, we, we make it mandatory that we do weekly check-ins with all of our clients. We have to stay in the loop. We have to assess what's going on every single week so that we can constantly tweak, adjust, and, and predict where we're going and make sure that you are aligned. It's accountability to an extent. But it's also reviewing and assessing and adjusting the plan to make sure that you are always aligned and you stay along that process to get to that end goal. It's that assessment that actually allows you to stay within that process and not get ahead of yourself and too focused on the outcome. All right, guys, that's what I got for you today. I want want to read this one more time. A study of 800 million activities predicts most New Year's resolutions will be abandoned on January 19th, which if you were listening to this on time is tomorrow. I want to encourage you to be different. I want to encourage you to be unique. I want to encourage you to be you. I want to encourage you not to quit. I want to encourage you to believe in yourself. I want to encourage you to stop judging yourself and start accepting yourself. I want to encourage you to be process-oriented instead of outcome-oriented. I want to tell you that you can do it. I am by no means a master of any of this shit. I haven't reached mastery yet. I am by no means as successful as I would love to be. I am by no means perfect. I have a ton to work on. But I can tell you one thing. I've achieved a lot in my young 28 years. And it's because I focus on the process. It's because I'm relentless with my consistency across the board. I live in the process. And if you live in the process, I promise you will not only accomplish your New Year's resolutions, but you will accomplish so, so much more. And you'll be unbelievably fulfilled. And I want that for you. Happy 2021, guys. Be the change this year. Do something different. Do something big. Keep chasing your dreams. I love you. I appreciate you. And I will catch you next time.